a summary of the fifth sicha parsha lech lecha from volume twenty, uh, volume fifteen. In Parshas Lech Lecha, we find many times that Hashem promises to Avram that he and his offsprings will get Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land. In the beginning of the Parsha, it says that God saw Avram and he said, I'm going to give you this land. And then again, when he leaves Egypt, when light is separated from him, Hashem tells him also that I'm going to give it to you and to your offsprings forever. And then he says to him, go unto the land, to the length and to the breadth of it. And I'm going to give it to you. And then by the Brisbane Amsarim, he tells him that Lazaracha Nasati to you, to your offsprings, I have given you this land from the river of Egypt, Nahar Mitzrayim, until the big river Nahar Gadol in the Euphrates rivers. Now, the general difference between these different promises is, is the two categories. There's some that Hashem speaks in future tense, l'cha'at nena, zarach et and l'cha'at nena is future tense, I'm going to give it to you. And then there's also the promises that he says, I already gave it to you in past tense, which came after Avram did something by walking on the land, its length and its breadth. The Ragat Shavar points out that the difference of these two expressions is, is whether it was a gift or inheritance. In the expressions of future tense, it says, which is Lashin of Matana, of a gift. And later, when he buy the Brisbane of Sarum, over there, the, the, expre- the, the words that's used over there is, I'm going to give it to you for inheritance, which comes as an answer to Avram's question, but how will I know? That I will inherit it. Based on this, these two different ideas of the two promises are the difference between the kibush, the conquering that happened first through Yeshua, which was in a category of a gift, and the category of conquering the second time that came through Ezra. We could explain this difference between these two promises based on the idea of the two conquerings. The first, the second conquering that happened came after that we were exiled from the land and that's hinted in the promise that I'm going to give it, going to give it to you, and that came after Avram's question with what, how will I know that I'll inherit this? And like the Razal say that that was considered to be a sin in the level of Avram because he asked such a question, and that's why right after that we find that he was told that the offspring are going to go into exile of Mitzrayim, and all the other exiles will follow that. And however, the first conquering with uh, through Yeshua, that was a conquering that was different, and that's hinted to in the in the two promises that Hashem says, not as a continuation to the question of Aram, but Hashem Himself says this. So too, we find regarding the two. In the second idea, that Hashem says a promise that He's going to give it to you, that comes after Avram's work. And as the Targum Yonison says, that that's because Avram walked on the land, means he made a chazaka out of that. And that's what the Rambam goes to say. The Rambam says that the first Kedusha that happened in Eretz Yisrael, that happened through a Kibush Rabbim with Yeshua, then if others came and conquered it from us, we lost the the... Kedusha of it, and we didn't have to, and therefore we were exempt from doing Torah and, and the, the mitzvahs of the Torah of Meiser and Shvius, the tithing ones. And when we went up with Ezra, the, there the Kedusha was so strong, it was like a chazaka, we actually got a hold, a, a good hold on it, 
a grip on it, and then the Kedusha stays forever, and even if others come and conquer it, we don't get exempt, we're still obligated to do those mitzvahs. Says the Rebbe, we have to understand, what's the connection between the first conquering that was in a way, was done in a kibush to the idea that it's a gift, and the second kind of conquering that's way of chazaka, of having a hold on it, to the idea of a inheritance. So he says, he brings down the question from the Kesef of Mishnah, of what's the difference? He says, I don't know what's the difference from the Kayach, the strength of a Chazaka, more than the Kayach that happens when you conquer. Because if he says, when you do Chazaka, it doesn't last. Why is that? Why is one, why is the Kibush stronger, uh, Chazaka stronger than Kibush? Second question he has is that in the first time when we sanctified the land of the first Kibush, was that not a Chazaka also? And the Radvaz tries to say that maybe in the times of Ezra, we did a Kedusha, we Chazak of Kedusha through saying it verbally. But the Rebbe says, first of all, we don't even find anywhere that it says such a thing that the Yidin, in the days of Ezra, that they sanctified it with their, with verbally. And also in the Rambam, we don't find any hint to this idea at all. The Taisus Yamtiv answers the question by saying that we could, we could give a logical thing, that when the Goyim conquered it, and they nullify our conquering, but in the days when we had a chazaka, since we got it not through conquering, we got it through the, by means of the Persian king who gave it to us, he gave us permission to be there. Therefore, nobody else now could come and take it away because it's not about a conquering strength match. But he says this doesn't really make sense to answer the questions because the first question you're going to say happened through that through conquering of, of, of Goyim make, makes that you have the rights to get it. And only through their knowledge, that's how, that's how you get a chazaka. Like, we don't find such a thing. Why won't you say by chazaka that even if they, you, they, somebody takes it away from you, it should nullify the chazaka? Why do you say that only regarding kibush? Just like, just like by kibush, you say another country comes and takes it over. So too by a chazaka, it should be like that too. The chazaka that we got it from the king of uh, Paras. So too, the second question also doesn't make sense. It also not answered because even by the conquerors of Ye- conquering of Yeshua, we also got it through the knowledge of the people. The Givanim gave it to the Yidden. So again, we have the same problem. We also got it. It wasn't just through conquering. Taisif Yamtif over there continues that you could say maybe that there's a difference. That the first times when, I sh- when other people could conquer it is because we had a commandment to conquer and then uh, there was also a prophecy that others will come and destroy it. Therefore, it's kind of like a fulfillment of a prophecy. But overtaking it from other people after we went through with Ezra, over there we don't find any straight out prophecy that others will be able to take. And therefore, they can't take it without having a source kind of like from the Torah, you know, a source of a prophecy that they could take it. But he says this also is difficult to say because whichever way you look at it, it there still doesn't, it, it doesn't really satisfy us. Because if you're going to say that taking it through war is a way how you get it, halachically, apidin, what's the difference if you find that there's a nevuah or not for it? If you got it from Alpidin, then it's yours. And then if it, then if somebody else can conquer it, they get it, Alpidin. And if the idea is that a guy doesn't have the rights or the ability, luckily, to take it through conquering, then and, and there was no Nevoah for it either, and therefore they're taking it without any dinner. How about by Nebuchadnezzar and Kairish? When they, they, their whole thing was that they said that they took it through Hashem, Api Hashem Kavshu, and it was taken temporarily, but that doesn't work with this whole idea. It doesn't work with the Rambam, because the Rambam explains that the difference is whether it's Kibush or Chazaka. In other words, it has nothing to do with the Jews taking it or not. It has to do with how it was done, if we did it through Kibush or through Chazaka. And Chazaka doesn't, it lasts forever. 
Regarding the second question, you could maybe say that even though we got it through with through Yeshua with also with a chazaka, but since the Jews didn't actually do something to make it a chazaka, therefore it doesn't really have a chazaka rights in it. Like we have the halacha by a convert who who uh, has a piece of land and he doesn't have any hairs and he dies. When he dies, who could take it over? Only somebody that says, I'm doing, raking the field, I'm doing something to the field, specifically as an act to keep it, that I'm acquiring it. But just by working the field as he was working before, because he worked for this guy, that's not a way of, of conquering it. But he says, even this that whole idea doesn't really make good sense, because we find that the, the cities of the Givainim, they, they, they uh, automatically gave the cities, and we didn't have to do anything, and it was ours. They had to pay taxes and so on. So you see that no, no purposeful act had to actually be done. So to explain all this, the Rebbe basically summarizes that there's two things regarding the giving of the land of Israel. One thing is that there's a Kenyan moment. It's like a valuable piece of real estate that the owner of it is the Jews. The second thing is, is whether you have a Kedusha Saaretz. This ultimately is the point of the Sicha here. We got the land, Hashem gave the land to Avram and his family when he said, Nasati, I already gave it to you. Without even going into the land of Israel, it's already yours. And like we see also in Alacha, this gave the rights to the daughters of Tzlavcha, that they were able to say that they want to get their father's rights of a Bechur, of which gets double portion, which double portion you can only get if you have that land when you when the father died. And certainly he died before we got into the land of Israel. So that means the land of Israel was already ours. The second idea is the Kedusha that you get in Eretz Yisrael that happens there. Regarding to the second idea of getting of the Kedusha that happens, there are many mitzvahs that are, that are dependent on our take over the land. Hashem told us in the first commandment to go take over the land, you should be armed, you should be all, uh, you should have all your your stuff to be able to go to war. And therefore it was done through a kibbush. And the second time was done through a chazaka because Hashem said that now you could go back because it's yours already. So you find, and even in the conquering, just by taking over the city of Yerichai, it's already like you got the whole city there. It's already like you took over the whole place. So therefore, when you get it only in a way of, uh, uh, through, through the conquering it, that brings you a level of Kedusha. Now I'm not conquering anymore, so the Kedusha leaves. But in the days of Ezra, the holiness of the land came to the entire land in a way of Yerusha. That's different than Matana. The first time was like in a ways of Matana, which is a gift, and there could be an interruption in gifts. So Yerusha, it's automatic transferring of possession. In a deeper way to understand this is you could understand it to the difference of the Jews, that Jewish people's status in the time of Yeshua and Ezra. Time of Yeshua, the Yidim were called Tzaddikim, and the time of Ezra, we were like in the levels of Baalei Teshuvah. The difference is that Tzaddik does everything by bringing a light from above, shining down onto the below. But that doesn't necessarily always stay. But, but however, what about Shuva is different. About Shuva brings and he works in it from the below. For example, in the service of Hashem. When you struggle with things in the world, if you just stay isolated in your own place, the level tzaddik, and then you're influencing it with just bringing a light, but you won't know how to handle a struggle when you get into the world. Masha'enke with a Baal Tshuva, it's very different because by a Baal Tshuva, he is already in the world and he notices that what's right and what's wrong and he makes that commitment and therefore by a Baal Tshuva, he's so committed with an infinite level of commitment and therefore he knows how to handle any challenge of the world because he's a Baal Tshuva, as the word is, he's the owner of the 
tshuva. And therefore, regarding that second level of Kedusha that came through Chazaka, through a hold on it, and it came after we were exiled from the land, we could come back there in a way that it doesn't have to be done through conquering, it's an automatic thing. And that's what it means, Matana and Yerusha. Yerusha means there's no, there's no hefsik. Matana yeshla hefsik. Meaning that there could always be a change. But Yerusha, it's yours. And therefore, when it comes to the land of Israel, the land of Israel is always in the essence of the ownership of a Jew. Nothing can change that. No matter what anybody does, you cannot change it. It's always galino me'at say new. It's our land. It is a chakru. We will distant, uh, pushed away from our land, it stays ours. Even if there's sinning times amongst the Jews, even if we had a sin like the golden calf or the sin of the spies, it doesn't make a difference to the ownership of the land that stays 100% ours. And therefore we have to understand that it's not possible for anybody to make any kind of negotiations. This is not a business thing with the land of Israel. Nobody has the rights to give away any piece of land and, and that's in addition to the actual land that starts from the rivers of Egypt all the way to the rivers, to the big rivers up north in the Euphrates, the Euphrates the area there uh, up north, and therefore nobody could give it away, and it's it's not even your option to chasashon give it away. And while we stay strong with the proper strength, not because it's my strength, but because this is a gift that Hashem gave us, nachlas oilam, it comes from Hashem, and it's a Yerusha, we'll be able to su- succeed with this, and this is when it will fulfill the verse that the nations of the world, the kings of the world will will help us and they will help us to serve and do the desire of Hashem until ultimately we will have that the entire nations of the world will turn over, turn around with one voice and call out to the name of Hashem and serve one Hashem. Meherah v'yameinu mamash.